of the Good Shepherd. Now, our subject is sowing the words or sowing the seed. We will keep the names out to protect the innocent, as the good pastor would say, but, you know, when you know how to do something and you don't do it, you don't feel comfortable doing it, or whatever the situation may be, and then when something happens, you see, you know, why didn't I tell them how to be saved? Why did I tell them that the church they're in preach water baptism or keeping the law or whatever it may be? And when we wait around and that person dies, we've lost our chance. And you wonder from that time point, are they saved? When I preach like I'm going to teach tonight, a lot of people will come to me after service or call me or text me the next day and said, but I don't know how to tell somebody how to be saved. Guess what my answer is. How do you know you're saved? If you can't tell somebody how to be saved, how do you know you're saved? Now, I realize the flesh takes over and nothing else is being human. But for me to be saved, and I've always wondered, matter of fact, I talked to a person recently. He said, I'm saved. I'm born again. And I said, could you share your experience? And he said, no, not really. I said, no, that I'm saved. I don't believe that. I don't believe that a lost person just knows they're saved if they don't know what happened. If they've never heard the word. Nobody's saved apart from the word of God. You know, we can say, well, uh, my mom set a, a good example. Praise God. Christ set the best example you could ever imagine. But a lot that followed him was lost. So my point is that his ministry was one of sowing the word and he is the supreme example. Supreme example to follow for the sowing of the good seed today, 2023. God said in Matthew 13, 3, as we look, here in 13th chapter in the third verse, God said this, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Brother Scott was just sharing with uh, Sister Brenda that what I used to do to them when they would go out knocking on doors. They'd come back and I said, how many people did you talk to? They said, we didn't get to talk to anybody. I said, you came home too fast. God don't send us out and we not at least get to 
meet one person. Right? And God isn't behind it. When God is behind something, and God wants every one of us to be a soul winner. And the best soul winner is a person that lives a life, not the one who talks to life. So we want to come here and realize that there was a purpose in his action, and this was born of communion, directed by commission, motivated by commitment, exercised because of compassion, and continued in confidence. And when we look at sow winning or sowing the seed, behold, a sower went forth to sow. There was a purpose in that action. When you read Matthew 13, 3, and he says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. What does that tell us? He went forth to tell the word of God to somebody. This is the gospel seed. Now, I was raised on a farm, as some of you were, and when we'd go out to sow wheat, we didn't just go in the barn or the corn trail wherever we had the seeds, just got a bucket of seed. We're going to sow the seed in grass. We want to do a dry seed in a field. We want to do it whatever we're sowing. But we went forth to sow. And in this particular context, they went forth to tell somebody about Jesus. So what is the first thing that we do when we go forth? There is communion. You know, we've got to commune with one another. We've got to converse with one another. We've got to speak the word of God. And here in John chapter 10, John the 10th chapter, we see here in verse 30, I believe, John chapter 10 and verse 30, God said this. He said, I and my Father are one. What's that got to do with sowing the seed? He just wasn't any ordinary man. He was, God took on the form of a man so we could communicate with him. So it was very important for him to speak this. I and my father are one. Then the Jews, they took up the stones again to stone him. They thought the son of God was blaspheming. But see, (coughs) you can't just worship God the only way we can worship God is through the Son. And the only way that we will ever get to know God is through the Son. So it's very, very important. In the oneness of communion with the Father, he went forth as the servant of Jehovah to sow. (laughs) 
stop and think with me a minute. What did Jesus, what was his whole ministry? Sowing the word of God. The living word or the preached word. He told the woman at the well, you know, what did she do? Thank you, brother. She went into the town. Here was a lady of the night who, if you read the history of that portion of Scripture, she won many to the Lord. It isn't that whether you're qualified to sow win. Are you willing to sow win? Are you willing to go forth? It's easy to say, I can't do this. If I could, preacher, I would. But when we look at John, turn back to chapter 5. John chapter 5 and verse 19. God says this. John chapter 5 and verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing himself, but what he seeketh the Father do. For what things soever he doth, these also doth the Son likewise. Now you said, what is that important? I think for me to be able to be an effective witness, I've got to represent God as Jesus represents God in the human flesh to a point. You know, you can't go out in your community and witness and invite somebody to church and then they hear you cursing or they hear you doing something else or they see you doing something else. And the attitude in 2023 that I'm saved and it's nobody's business what I do. I have a problem with people who feel that way. I just, I mean, I don't go up to them and, you know, argue with them. But, you know, I want to be used. I want to be used. And there's only two ways a pastor can be used. We see souls saved. Or we see the souls that we already won grow. It's much harder to witness now than it was 30 years ago. Much harder. So we've got to become wise. We've got to figure out ways, you know, we've got to get rid of this attitude that the young people have, and they got it from us older people, what I do is nobody's business. Me and God's got it all worked out. Let me tell you, you and God, me and God, whoever and God, he doesn't have a multiple choice where you can work it out. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the light, and no man's going to come to God except through the Son. So, just so with the believer, he should go forth to sow in communion with 
in dependence upon the Lord Jesus who said in John 15, 5, what did he say in John 15, 5? We already know that, but it's, I want you to see it. John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You may be the greatest spokesman. You may have the ability to captivate the, your audience. But unless God saves, there's no saving. Unless God strengthens, there's no strengthening. I don't know how y'all pray, but I get uh, several re requests during the week. And when I pray, you know, it's sometimes, as a preacher friend of mine, he always says, bless their heart. You know, they'll try to compliment me, and, and they'll say, you know, I, I just believe that when, when you pray, God hears your prayers. Well, if you believe that, if I was you and you was me, and I believe that, then I would want to become more like that person so that if he got any power, it's through the Spirit, not himself. So that's why I don't say this to be argumentative. I don't say what I'm going to say to for any other reason than... It's just facts. I can say anything. I can say anything that I believe. I can, I can uh, disagree with one TV preacher. I disagree with the man who's preaching down the road. But unless I, can, unless I can take my Bible and show you why I disagree, it'd be much better at the judgment seat if I just keep quiet. Now, when I say that statement, I come off the springboard and you don't repeat anything you don't know is facts. Can you hear me now? Amen. Well, I know Miss Jones. Miss Jones wouldn't. Now, bless her little heart. She wouldn't. And Mr. Bills, and we'd name them all. We get caught up in the moment. Instead of taking that moment and the only thing that can calm that person or help that person is that when we're familiar with the word of God and we can just give them a little bit, give them a little bit. But that's too hard because, preacher, I would like to do that, but if I did that, I would mess up the scripture. I've been preaching a long time, and, and when I listen to myself preach sometimes, Man, I told y'all one scripture and I was reading out the other scripture. It bothers me and so I go and put my cover up my head with a pill and cry for an hour. No, I don't. The scripture I used was God's word. Amen. See, we, we think that everything has got to be exactly right. And I wanted it to be right. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm not going to resign from the ministry because I read one verse and told you all another verse. 
I just, you got to say, Lord, I'm a weak vessel that wants to be used. Use me. And there'll be more times you'll be right on the scripture, right on what you're saying than it will. So that's what you do. You know, I don't want to go out soul winning and, and mislead somebody. But soul winning is easy, and I know a lot of people say, I, I can't soul win. Can you tell somebody about Jesus? Billy Graham wasn't a soul winner. He didn't win no souls. I've never won a soul. I've, I've never saved anybody. But I've led some to the place in their life where the Spirit of God would work with them. You just got to remember what he said here in John 15, 5. You can do nothing without him. You can do nothing. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He's abided in me, and I in him. The same bring forth much fruit. But you got to realize when you see the word for must fruits, semicolon, for without me ye can do nothing. We got to realize that we can never be effective at home, on the job, or anywhere unless we're following the leadership of the Spirit of God. I'd bring you tracks that I'd get in, in the mail from time to time. If you buy these tracks, we'd guarantee you for every 500 tracks you pass out, you'll win 50 people. Man, that ain't good for firewood. You can't win nobody. All, all we are is a, a spokesman. We try to get the word, say it with love, and try to teach it right. If there's any saving, the Spirit of God does that. But our job is to feed him. When what he said, feed my sheep, you'll never find him saying, save my sheep. Feed my sheep. <laughs> then there is the commission. His mission as the sower was at the commission of the Father. After his resurrection, he told his disciples what? Well, I believe in John 20, 21, I believe that he said something, as the Father hath sent me, even so sent I you. Isn't that similar to what he said? Look at it. John 20, 21. 20 chapter, 21st verse. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. The Father send the Son, the Son sends us. Do what? Just to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That's all our job is. So I always go to the liberal side. If you can't talk, make sure that there is no sin places on your body, you know. Some of the men here didn't know when we had men that went out and visit and we could visit, you know. They've, we've had lost people come in that was attending the church regularly, you know, and I didn't want to get too close to them because I don't drink no more. 
but you don't tell somebody that comes in with, with alcohol on their breath, get out of this house. He's not a member. Then you watch it. See, if we're not careful, we, we want to lay down the pattern. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. All they got to do is get under the word of God. And if they're one of God's elect, you preach the word, the spirit of God will do the rest. And that person becomes a member. Before this pastor would even baptize him or her, I would address that issue. You know, because if Jesus Christ can't take the alcohol from me, he can't save me. You know, I'm, I'm a little... Loose on that point because I was a member of a Presbyterian church down in Muddy Ford. And when I was young, I was wild and, you know, and stopped at a beer joint one time from work, give me a beer. And, and who was sitting at the bar? <laughs> one of the elders of that little Presbyterian church. And you know what those people would say? Well, what they do on their spare time, you know, that's none of our business. Yes, it is. You represent the Lord and you represent this church. Amen. Yes, the believer is commissioned by the resurrected Lord to sow the good seed. Where? Among all nations. You know, I, I've shared this with you, and this was honest truth. He used to be the mayor. He used to own a couple of liquor stores. He owned one of the banks. Some of you that are from here, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he's, you know, he's you know, made himself available to me, talking to me, telling me all this stuff, you know, uh, he was the one that told me, now, now, preacher, I can't tell you what to do, but don't go down in that area because, you know, you can't deal with those people. And don't go up across from the hospital because that's the, you know, can't deal with these people. And I listened to a man who owned probably as much or more than anybody else in this county telling God's man where, where he can go witness. When I look in the Bible, he said, go into all the world. Amen. You know what the Bible teaches me? When a drunk is a drunk and God saves him, he's a drunk no more. He ain't a thief no more. See, and and what is the sad thing about that? See, that hasn't been taught. You don't have to be a murderer to go to hell. Just reject Christ. Clean as Mr. Clean. And follow that little rule that I heard so many times when I grew up. 
you know, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't go around people who do. You know, I'm missing out some, but you know, because that's the way that it used to be. If you didn't do certain things, you're okay. That's when God made a Baptist out of me. And I had an old Baptist preacher that says, you know, one little white sin, if there was such a thing, you didn't drop it in the blood, you're going to hell. And that's exactly the truth. Either Christ paid them all or he didn't pay any of them. That's what the lost needs to know because they're responding back. You know, one of these days I'll quit drinking or I'll quit smoking and I'll quit being unfaithful to my wife and then I will be saved. It don't work that way. You get saved and then God takes all that stuff away from you. And sometimes not all at once. But he takes it away. Then there is sowing the good seed. You've got to have compassion. When Jesus saw the needy a multitude, he was moved with compassion in Mark 6, 34. Ask yourself. You don't have to say out loud or even tell me or anybody else. Do, do you have some, you know, we think that we have it hard, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and I was, I was, I think I was telling Judy, I went to the grocery of the, of the day, and I, I'm a bread eater, you know. I probably eat way too much bread, and I should. I mean, it's almost $3 a loaf on certain bread, you know. I said, man, you know. And I think about these people that got six, seven kids. God's been good to me. Since I belong to him, he's promised me I won't do without. I may not have what I want, but I won't do without. That's all you can ask. But we're a, a spoiled nation. And I got myself saved, you know, like, you know, you did something. You didn't do anything. How can a dead man do anything? God looked down and seen you. He said you was dead. You was totally depraved. You're good for nothing. But he saved you anyway. And he changed you. That ought to have an effect on somebody else so that you care about them. You know, I told a, a school teacher just a month ago, See, I would do away with your little stupid stuff. School board would raise so much cane until at least in this local and over the Nicholas County, we'd have prayer. May not go nationwide, but at one county could have prayer. And it would be volunteer. It would be the one to. You know how the young people are. Everybody painted their nails yellow. They want to paint their nails yellow. Wire on comfortable shoes. Don't make any difference whether it's comfortable or not as long as you've got what he's got on. 
You don't know what I'm talking about? Go to these churches. The 20% of them is kids and teenagers. They're getting them what kids and teenagers want. But we don't need to do that. We need to have compassion on them. Because you can go to hell in a $300 suit just as fast as you can a $100 suit. The compassion moved him to tears at the grave of Lazarus and over the city of Jerusalem. And in Psalms 126, verse 6, he said, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall no doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I think about some people right on the street I live on. They got everything. I mean, they have got everything. They've got a beautiful house, a brand-new car, a brand-new truck, a brand-new boat. They keep their yard. Man, you know. But you mentioned church and the best neighbor you've ever seen clams up. Why do I need Christ? And you know what? What really gets me, I just, I'm finished after that. He says, look what, look how I've been blessed. God's been good to me. <laughs> I leave the ending to you. God didn't give them all of that because he was good to them. We have what we have sometimes, most of the time, because we got good business sense, we, we got a few breaks, we got this, we got that. But that family needs Christ just like my family did. So when Mr. Brown said, don't go to the old cross in the hospital, you know, they already set up, they already got it. No, no, they're not. Now, and lastly is continue in confidence. You know, we sometimes when things are not happening, we we lose our 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 confidence in what we really believe and should we be believing this or should we believe something else. You know, I believe it's just normal because we let the flesh take over. But uh, God tells us in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. you know, when we look at the local church here in Corinth and we, we see uh, what God says in 1 Corinthians 15, and verse 58, God says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as he know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, I use this verse because that's the verse that was used on me 
at Lexington Baptist College, Brother Bill, my, when he was teaching us to visit, that's the verse that he used. And I studied it over years, and he's exactly right. For as, as he says in the very last, for as much as he know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If I'm out door knocking because God sent me out there, if nobody answers the door, I'm successful. I can't save nobody. I can't change nobody's mind. But I can be blessed if I do what God tells me to do. We need to realize that because the devil will use it against us. You know. You know, but we're still human, you know. I preached in some conference where if there was 12 preachers preaching, probably eight or nine of them, you know, had a doctor's degree or close to it. What they call this old country boy out there for? Because I had a message that they were not going to preach, that the church needed. You can ask Brother Jackson if you ever meet him. Ask Brother Jackson, how does Brother Vance handle when you assign subjects? He said, the only thing Brother Vance does, he just announces what he's supposed to preach and then he departs. Sorry. I ain't going to preach what somebody wants me to preach when I know what God wants me to preach. And you may say, well, that's just being stubborn. That's not being respectful. They didn't call me to preach. After 50-some years, everybody that I know that asked me to preach, they know the way I am. I'm going to preach what God gives me. I don't care what people say. If you're doing God's work, you're on God's side, you're going to come out a winner. You can be a winner alone. You know how many people that saved me? Just one. And he kept me safe. And I'll still be saved until he comes. So as we finish up here, you know, God tells us in the book of Isaiah and different places that the sowing of the word is by word of mouth, manner of living, and by circumstances to the printed page. Let me repeat that. Being a soul winner. Sowing the word of God is by word of mouth. That's one way. Number two, manner of living. Manner of living. And by circulating the printed page. I had some little small tracks. I, I don't know who gave them to me. I've tried to order them, and I, I, they won't come. But every time I went to the restroom, you know, I, 
and and Jimmy, she's so quiet now when she's out, but when she's about that age, don't tell her not to say this because she's going to say it. And, and, and we would go out to the restaurant and and she would always say, Daddy put a tip and he put a piece of paper under that tip. So read it, okay? They all think I taught her that. Now, I was a mother. So it by faith, following the example of the Lord, then wait to see if his name, the increase, God will give. But he'll give us. You know. uh, I have witnessed and witnessed and witnessed, and somebody else comes along and witnessed to them, and they was, was saved. And some people said they don't understand that. Our goal is to get people saved. It don't make difference who God used. Our last scripture as we close. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. God said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. I may preach it, Henrietta may repeat it, but God does the saving. And I've I've been asked that time when you know when people find out I've been preaching as long as I have, how many people do you think you've saved? Not a one. I'm not saving the first one. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege.